I want to read from Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And as we go on, I may add to that. Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus. Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. When you go into a household, greet it. If the house is worthy... Let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. For surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents, and harmless as doves. Now some translations will say, be gentle as doves. Harmless and gentle gives the idea that you should be soft, even though we're called to be wise as serpents. From what I read, Matthew introduced us the 12 apostles. Now apostles are different than disciples even though sometimes people may use them interchangeably. A disciple, yes, like an apostle, is a follower of Jesus. Yet, apostle is specific. It's specific in the same way that being a pastor or administrator is. Apostle, administration, and pastor are under the body of Christ, I mean, under the head of Christ. They are part of his body. Apostles is someone that is appointed by Christ directly to build his church. And so the 12 apostles were the forerunners of building the church. And we see from verses 5 all the way down to 15. We see Jesus sending out his 12 apostles on a short mission trip. He tells them specifically to go to the lost sheep of Israel and don't go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of Samaritans, but they should focus on the gospel 
to the lost sheep of Israel. Verse 7, Jesus says, Go preach, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand is part of the gospel. We see this in Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 3, John says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, we see Jesus say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Make no mistake, that is the gospel. The first word in the gospel message is repent. Why? Well, we are all sinners. We all have a sin nature. And nobody could earn their righteousness and earn their way into heaven. We all have to be saved. We have to believe in the name of Jesus. And we have to confess him with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And then you could take verses 7 verses seven and 8. And they are the exact same thing that Jesus said when he gave his disciples the Great Commission. We could flip all the way to Mark chapter 16, the very last chapter of Mark, and we could see that. In Mark chapter 16, we see the Great Commission. And Jesus tells his disciples... And I'm going to flip right there. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 all the way through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything badly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Unfortunately, the church today does not believe that all the miracles exist. They believe such as the gifts of healing, the gifts of tongue, and the gifts of prophecy are no longer the reason why they say that is because they take a lot of scripture out of context. They took what Paul said out of context. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that is the love chapter. And in that, Paul says this about the gifts. And they use this verse to explain why all the gifts no longer exist. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In verse 8, it says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish. Yes, Paul is correct. Tongues will cease and knowledge will vanish because one day God's kingdom will be on earth and we will no longer have the needs for the gifts. So that day will come. But it has not come yet. We are still learning. We are still understanding the word. And the only way you can really understand the word is by being born again. Being born of the spirit will open our eyes so that we could understand the word. When the scales have fallen off our eyes, we should see clearly that all the gifts still exist. All the gifts. The gifts of miracles the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of tongue, and the gifts of healing. 
Now, have I seen all these gifts in my lifetime? No. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they do not exist. This is a big world, and we don't have enough satellites to see everything at the same time. We are not God. As of right now, there's a good chance, a good possibility that in an area that we have never heard about, that there's a missionary reaching what we consider third world people. And this missionary possibly can be used the gifts of healing. He could be speaking in tongues. And if this missionary is speaking to believers, he definitely could prophesy. Now understand, whatever's prophesied in his mouth will reflect the word. Remember what God says about prophecy. If I say, then it will be so. Well, when a person comes and says, God's given me this message, and it has not happened when it said it will happen, that means that definitely did not come from God. We have to be very wise. We have to understand what our gifts are. God's going to give all his children gifts. He may not give them all the same gifts, but they will have gifts. And understand our gifts is not to edify ourselves. But it's all about building God's kingdom. And I know I went down a rabbit trail of gifts of healing, tongues, and all the other gifts. But that was not my intention. I want us to go back to the main road of Matthew chapter 10. I want us to look at what I want to say. And that is in verse 16. Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. And I'm actually using a hard copy. So you may be hearing scriptures flipping. And I'm about there. I'm in Matthew 18. i got a couple more. And I'm back in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. At the end of Jesus' mini commission in the first short mission trip, Jesus tells them up front that it's not going to be easy. He says, Behold. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus preached the gospel, he was fulfilling prophecy. And this is what Isaiah said about the areas that Jesus will be preaching in. In Matthew chapter 4, he said this in verse number, let's see, Matthew chapter 4 in verse 15 and 16. Actually, I'll start at 14. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness. Now, Isaiah is not actually talking about physical darkness, but he's talking about a spiritual darkness. That spiritual darkness is sin and death. The people who have sat in darkness have seen a great light. A great light, that is Christ. He is the righteous one. He is God and he is the son of God. He came to die on the cross for our sins so that we can repent, believe with our heart, and confess with his mouth that he is Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Well, the twelve apostles that Jesus sent out believed in him. They trusted in him. They were the ones that Christ used to launch his church. 
Now, we see where Jesus tells his disciples that don't bring any additional things. We see that in verses 9 and 10. He says, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts nor bath for your journey nor two tonics nor sandals nor staffs for a worker is worthy of his food. At this time, Jesus told us that is how his apostles should be traveling about. And we have to be very careful because some churches will take this out of context. They'll think that with a missionary today that they should be poor and that they should not have anything with them. With that, you can't really go any places. Yes, God will provide his children. He will take care of us. And at the same time, that goes about being wise as a serpent. You know, if you look at Luke, Luke chapter 22, I believe. I could be wrong. I may have to bounce back. In Luke chapter 22, there's a passage where he talks about when they will go out again. Okay, yes. Luke chapter 22, verses 35 through 37. And this is right at the great upper room. They are in the Lord's Supper, and this is what Jesus tells them. He says, and he said to them, When I sent you out with money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, Nothing, because the Lord provided for them. There was a way. And then in verse 36, he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garments and buy one. So when we go on mission trips or when we're doing the work of the Lord, we could definitely be well-equipped. It's all right for us to have a wallet when we go out because we need money to buy things if we're planning to buy things. We can't just take it and hope people will just give it to us willy-nilly. That's not being as wise as a serpent. That is nonsense at all. You know, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus tells his disciples, Beware, I am sending out a sheep among the wolves. And in this world, there's all kinds of wolves. There's a person that's obviously going to be a wolf, and we can see that based upon their actions, especially if they lie, cheat, and curse. All those things come from the heart. Yet there are really sneaky wolves out there that's dressed as shepherds because they are ready to devour. As a children of God, we should be led by the Spirit. The Spirit will allow us to test the things that they are given to us so we won't be led astray. That's what it is to be wise as a serpent. The Holy Spirit will fill us with God's infinite wisdom but it will not make us grow if we don't want to. Yet when we are not in the word, we are lacking. We are lacking spiritually. And so that is why it's easy for the wolves dressed as shepherds to lead God's children away. That should not be. In this day and age, there should be no excuse for us to not be able to get into the word on a daily basis. In the United States, there's hundred thousands if not millions of Bibles and if you don't have a Bible due to financial reason then I promise that you go to a church and eventually a church will give you a Bible for free they want to do they love to do that and then again we have access to the internet we have 
apps. We have Bible apps. You could download the Bible app. What I'm getting at is we have access to the Word, and we should be led by the Spirit. We should be led by the Spirit in such a way that we're not relied upon pastors and teachers of the Bible for it, but we should study the Word for ourselves. We should be well equipped so we can be wise as serpents. Now, with what I said about not rely upon teachers of the word, that comes from 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2, and I am going there, 1 John chapter 2. Let me see. 1 John chapter 2 pretty much says this. If you have the anointing, in other words, you have the Holy Spirit by being born of the Spirit, you have the word. And I am about there in 1 John chapter 2 and verses, let's see, verse 20. Let's see if that is verse 20. Yes, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Remember in the upper room, Jesus tells his disciples that the spiritual truth will come. It will guide them, and it will remind them of all the things that he has taught. Now, that's not the one that I wanted to go to, because that one's at the bottom. I have to go down just a little bit. And verse 27 says, But the anointing, in other words, the Spirit, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in him. The spirit of truth will have you abide in him. The spirit of truth will not deny Christ and tell you that there are others. That does not come from God. That comes from the devil. And if anyone comes with you with another gospel, let him be a curse. Leave him alone. Treat him like he has leprosy or is a heathen. Stay away from him. Do not receive his word. Remember, we're called to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Now, if you're able to correct a brother and he's able to receive your correction, then we should receive him. That's what the Bible says when it comes to correcting brothers and sisters. Their heart, they're a child of God. They will receive the word. They will receive what's in the word. They won't receive our word, but they will receive what's in the word. And in verse 27, again, tells us that we are not rely upon teachers. Now, that doesn't mean that we do not go listen to pastors or teachers of the Bible. We should be listening to them. And that way, we will know whether not they are of God or not. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So those who say that Jesus is the Son of God and is Lord probably comes from the Spirit. The reason why I say probably is sometimes because wolves dressed as shepherds can use this just as lip service. So we need to give them time. In time, we will see what's in their hearts based upon their actions. So what I hope that you get from this is that you should spend more time in the Word. 
we should spend more time in the Word. We need to allow the Spirit guide us. The Spirit will guide us in the words. It will teach us the things that Christ wants us to know, and that way we can understand things. That's part of as being as wise as serpent, but gentle as doves. Amen.